It is a blessing to be here. I, I, when, when Reverend Tillman said, can you do it? I was like, I, I think I can, yeah. And I looked in my calendar and I had something this afternoon and someone turned around and said, you're supposed to be at the Flannery O'Connor house that Sunday. I said, that's gonna be in the afternoon. I think I can talk twice. <laughs> so I, I'm, I travel a great deal and, and so I'm not able to always respond when I want to, but I was really glad when they said unto me, come on, let's go into the house of the Lord. I um, give honor to God and all of God's children. I have come to, I used to feel like, you know, God was this really fine, good looking man with bad kids. That's a single woman's dilemma. Because either those are not really your kids or you're not that good a father. And then I got a little bit closer to some people who really were God's children. And it opened my heart to see that we're all God's children. And some of us just struggle a little bit longer than others. I, um, I'm grateful to Reverend Tillman for upholding this incredible legacy and I really want to share with you in this um, a special shout out to Reverend Matthew Southall Brown. I don't know if he's here, but he's 96 years old. And if anybody's got a testimony, I'm sure he does. I had not intended on sitting up here crying. In fact, you know, I thought I was cute. And then when I saw you all dance for God, it made me realize that we are not done with anything. And we still have life and breath and movement and we have to keep going and keep on. Thank you, that's the second set up, God. You're so kind, so useful. If you would, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. why are you looking at me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just thought I'd have some fun. Neighbor, neighbor. We, have we have inherited excellence. excellence. Neighbor, neighbor, we have inherited, we have inherited excellence. In Romans 8 and 14, you don't need to go there with me now. In fact, I really would like you for you to sit down with your family today or tomorrow in the evening with your entire family and read this whole passage that Paul shares with us. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. I'm sure Reverend Lil heard that when he said, you want to enslave me what? No, before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave, but instead I'm going to go home to Jamaica. <laughs> you are not a slave again. 
but you receive the spirit of sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in the sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And in the Pentecostal church, we lean into if we suffer with him. So much so that we forget the passage before that. Now, Reverend Tillman, we round about the same age. I assume you had a mother. I assume that your mother did what my mother did to me. I got beatings. Now, now I have five adopted children. I, I won't go into a big debate as to why I don't beat them, but they were born fetal alcohol and crack addicted. They were beaten in the womb. So, but my mother beat me, but my mother also passed down tremendous wisdom. And it took me a while to remember that wisdom because she was usually giving it to me while she was beating me. The law is for the lawless. That's deep, the law is for the lawless, but you can't hear that. Out of all of these amazing lessons, but sometimes we lean so far into the suffering that we can't hear the inheritance. This passage is about us inheriting that we are co-heirs. We're no longer adopted, we're co-heirs with Christ. God's son. You mean I inherit what Christ inherits? But we've forgotten that and we lean into the other aspect of it. We lean so far that we forget who we are and what we are. I was recently at Canuga. I'm, I'm Episcopalian, which is why we're going to get out early. <laughs> I was at Canuga, which is a retreat for Episcopalians. And, you know, my daughter and my granddaughter and I went there and we were swimming and I learned to make baskets and we were painting and doing all the wonderful things that Episcopalians do at camp. kind of noticed after the third or fourth day that there were, the only other black person came later and he was adopted by a white family. You know when the help in the kitchen is white in the mountains of North Carolina. It's interesting. But I had a fantastic time. I was having a great time. There was a man there from Savannah and he came up to me and he said, I just need to know. He was a little bit upset. You seem so comfortable everywhere you go. What, what is it? Do you understand that other people who look like you don't have the luxury of just going everywhere? I was like, how come? And he said, tell me why you're so comfortable. I said, you know, it took me a while to remember this because my mom told me when she was beating me. She said, wherever you go in the world, whatever monument you sit in, whatever great hall, whatever dining table, always know this, 
Someone who looked like you built it. This makes you an inheritor of that greatness. That's yours. If they don't look like you, then their people were oppressed like your people. The Irish who were oppressed, they were oppressed like your people. So that oppressed person left it for you. So wherever I go, I'm real comfortable. I don't care who looks like me, who don't. It's mine. It's mine. But we're walking around as if we have to continue to suffer waiting for our inheritance when it's already been given. In ancient times, during the, when you would go to receive the Tao, it was in China, in, in ancient China, all great seekers, mystics from around the world would come to receive the Tao and they'd study for years and years and years because they knew they'd be asked one question and if they didn't ask their question properly, they'd be sent away after years of studying. And they get there and there's this one question, do you have a soul? And that seeker who'd studied and was wise and knew all of the texts said, yes, I have a soul. And they'd say, go away and come back when you know something. Because the answer is not that you have a soul, you have a body. You are a soul. This building took a whole lot to create. And sometimes we get a little bit frustrated because we got to maintain and persevere and you know, do all the preservation. You got to memorize the, the history tour and you got to give to somebody want a tour. Here they come again. We got more visitors want a tour. The building is not what we inherited. You had inherited the spirit of those who knew that they were no longer slaves. who could raise what would be in today's money a million dollars while still kept in captivity. I don't know about you, but I find it hard to save that much. <laughs> they were enslaved and yet they could do that. You inherited the spirit of one who once you hear the gospel can no longer be blind. How do we own our inheritance? How do we walk in it? Because it's hard out here. It's a hard life. You don't understand. See, they're holding us down. You see, you, 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 you. How do we do that? Let me share it with you in three steps. First of all, remember who you are. You all have this wonderful brochure with a picture of me and hair. If you see me do this, it's a phantom dreadlock. <laughs> I had a head injury about four or five years ago, and, and there were days I couldn't remember who I was. I went from reading six books a week to not being able to read, and I couldn't admit it out loud. I was ashamed because I couldn't be who I was. I went to the specialist and said, you're gonna have to fix this. He said, well, we don't, we don't like to use words like fix. I said, make up a word and apply it. He said, well, what's happening is your brain is like a computer. Computers are designed like the brain. And when your computer crashes, it has to reboot. And your brain is rebooting. I crossed my eyes and I started doing this. 
He said, what are you doing? I said, deleting old files. <laughs> we have some old files that we need to delete. We have some old ideas about our own self. We have some stories about us that we need to get rid of. You don't know who you are and you don't even know what you can do. I went through a series that said, if your brain is damaged, then you gotta move to your heart. And when you move to your heart, you gotta be open to the spirit of God speaking to your spirit because now you're in tune with spirit. Cause see my head, my brain starts remembering that time when they called me black. And that was my cousin. My brain does all of that, but when you're in your heart, you gotta be open. And one day I was sitting and something said, make a dress, and I was like, <laughs> this was last summer. I laughed, cause I can't sew. No, make a dress. I said, well, I'm gonna need a pattern. Well, make a pattern. I cut out some paper, I said, <laughs> this is either gonna be fun or stupid. I had some fabric that I brought back from my sister Linda from Singapore, she never got it. It was one of a kind, hand-woven silk. I asked the man if he had any more. He said, that's all, it was hand-woven, it's special. Someone said, go get that fabric. I said, well, that's good fabric, it's for Linda. Go get that fabric. I got the fabric, I laid it on my little thing that I made. I started to cut it out, I was like, ooh. And then I had to sew it by hand because I didn't know how to use a machine. I couldn't sew a button on. And I said, this looks like it's too small. What's wrong with this? And my daughter said, I could sew that on a machine for you. I said, no, no, it told me to make a dress. Didn't tell me to tell you to make a dress. Sometimes God tells us to do something and we go trying to get everybody else. I sat there and I hand stitched it and it took about two hours and I, I put it on and it looked so good, I wore it to church the next day. And folks said, ooh, did you lose weight? I said, no, I made my dress. <laughs> they said, give me a hug. I said, no, it might fall apart. <laughs> we walk around saying that you don't know what you don't know. I'm gonna tell you, you don't know what you do know. You don't know what's in you. In one year, I have, I've given away everything that I didn't make. I only make my own clothes. Last night I knew I was coming here, I said, what am I gonna make for First African? Okay, let's make it. I started a clothing line, it's called Indie Indie. It stands for not dead, not done. I met a woman, I was hosting a thing with Hugh Jackman and his wife, and this woman said, I love your dress, I want one, I made it for her, I sent it. She said, what do I owe you? I said, nothing, wear it in love. She said, well, turns out I'm going to the, the Citizens Global thing in South Africa, I'm wearing this dress there. I said, wow. She said, when I come back, we're gonna put it on the site and we're gonna sell them and then all the proceeds can go to the foundation. Don't worry, I'll pay for it. I said, who are you? <laughs> and then I found out. Sometimes we get stopped because we don't listen. Somebody gave me some fabric and I said, I'm gonna make some coats for the homeless because it got cold real quick. And God said, you're not done. I made the coat, I said, you're not done. I said, what? Leave a message. I cut out a heart and I put it on the inside and I wrote, I matter. 
That's the message for the wearer. And then on the outside, I painted in ink that you can see, child of God, so that we can remember who folks are. I told some friends, I'm doing this. They said, well, what you need? We're coming over. We're going to join you. People started sending coats. This was two weeks ago. I got boxes of coats at my house and fabric, and people say, my fabric guy, who when he sees me is like, it's going to cost a lot. He said, you making coats for people? I'll send you fabric. We don't listen. We can't do and step into because we don't remember who we are, and we won't move into who we really are. Move into who you are. Accept your healing. Accept your healing. I'm going to get a little personal with you, and I hope y'all don't post this all over Facebook because half my family don't know. For the last nine years, I've known for nine years that I have MS. My daughter said, you can't tell mom until you go up steps, then you look like Geppetto's son. (laughs) It's true. But some days are harder than others. It's one of the reasons why when I saw you all moving, it was a move of the spirit for me. Some days I'm in pain everywhere and I can barely blink. Some days I can't get up. Some days I find it difficult to breathe. But I know I'm healed. Not that I'm going to be healed. I'm healed. I shared it with one of my friends at church and she said, let me tell you something. I got a healing years ago and somebody told me something really important. And I said, what is it? She said, when you're healed by God, act like you had surgery. Listen to me. When you get surgery, you don't get back up and go running into it again. You have to recover. I've been healed many times. I keep jumping up too quick. God has healed your finances. Cleared your credit cards. You went and spent again. God has healed the brokenness in your family. You went and got the past again. God has healed the race stuff in this nation. But we keep going back to the past and bringing it back up. You've got to sit and let God heal you and recover. And know that you are healed. And when you are healed, go and tell somebody else. I still move a little stiff, but I've only been in pain half the year this time. Every year it gets better and better and better and better. But we don't want to believe. I'm talking to you because we keep holding on to our pain like it's our birthright. We have inherited excellence. That's our birthright. Suffering is not my birthright. My daughter, we went to to some friend's house and I was saying hi to everybody and hey, hey, hey. And somebody said, come on, get in game of cards. And I went over there and she said, mom, it's times like this that I remember your hood rat. (laughs) Yeah. We went 
went back to my old neighborhood and she was like, ooh, where are we? I said, baby, this is where I grew up. She said, don't get out the car. I said, baby, this is where I grew up. <laughs> we have to know that's where we're from. It doesn't have to be who you are now. I am spirit. I'm not my house, I'm not my hair, I'm not my stuff, I'm not all them degrees, I am spirit. Last but not least, you have to forgive. My mother who gave me all this wisdom beat me every day because she was beaten. Sometimes I'd come in and I'd say I was on a flight and they demanded that I show them my boarding pass because they didn't believe that I should be in first class. She said, I know how you feel, baby. I grew up near the whipping post. I said, okay, you win. If my mother were alive, she'd be 100. She had me late, but then she had my baby sister even later. <laughs> she had some wisdom, but she was hard and she was angry. And one day she called and said the thing that I had been praying years to hear. She said, God has changed me. But let me tell you something. We have been praying for a thing and when it happens, we do just what I did. I said, she gonna have to prove it to me. That's what we do. God heals us and we say, prove it. God shows us redemption, we say prove it. God changes things and we say prove it. And she did. She became my earth mother, everybody's earth mother, and then she sat me down and said this. Forgiveness is not about letting somebody else off the hook. It's about getting off the hook they put you on. It's not about letting somebody off the hook, it's about getting off the one you were put on. I met this beautiful sister, tell me her name. Janice Mitchell, coming in. Reverend Tillman said, you got on that red dress? Make me remember that red. She started laughing. She said, way back in the day, she was out one night all night in a red dress. Getting it in that red dress. Ah, ah, ah. Something said, go to church. She said, I ain't got nothing but that red dress. Something said, put it on. She said, that dress was filled with smoke and everything else in the party from the night before. And when she got here, everybody said, welcome, daughter. She said, I think I'm gonna have to go back again. Her daughter said, mom, stop telling that story. She said, somebody might need it. Let me tell you something. The somebody is not the person that's out partying all night. I was popular till I said that. The somebody is us. We have to build up this kingdom, this house, this history, this heritage through our love. The same love that received 
the smoky party, and I'm sure she had the hair slicked down to one side. That's what we have to do. We have to stop throwing out our own children. You may have to put them out of the house, but don't put them out of your heart. I'm, I'm, I'm Episcopalian, so I gotta stop. You get 10 minutes there. And also with you. On the day my mom died, um, she gave me my legacy. She said, I've been laying here for two years. She had a brain tumor, five heart attacks, and six strokes in a two-year period. She would get up and go back down and get up and go back down. And she said, I lasted this long trying to figure out what to give you. And I said, Mom, you don't have to give me anything. I've inherited your humor. I've inherited your life. I've inherited and learned from you transformation that we can all change and grow and evolve. And she said, no, I need to give you something. She said, you know, I don't have any money. You've taken care of me the last 18 years of my life. I don't have anything to give. She said, all the good jewelry I have, you gave it to me. It wouldn't be right to give that back. I said, yes, it would. She said, I know what to give you. And when you go speak to others, you share this with them. I said, wow, that morphine drip's working. She said, I'm going to take all of the generational baggage, the hurt, the shame, the stuff that happened to me, my mother, her mother, and her mother before her. I'm going to pack it up and I'm going to take it with me to the other side. She said, I'm leaving you a clean slate. And when you talk to those who are doing what they're supposed to do, who are upholding the legacy, who are taking care of others more than they take care of themselves, you tell them that me and the ancestors are leaving them a clean slate. 17 seconds later, she was gone. But then I found the journals that she had been writing to me and telling her story that I'd never known. We don't know what people are going through. If we believe this, that we have inherited this thing, then we are the one to make the difference. It's not up to us to get them to get us. Walk around knowing who you are. Nobody ever questions why I'm someplace, because I look like I belong there. And when they do, like the other night, when they said my son's hand was, license was suspended when it wasn't, and they put handcuffs on him, I walked up to the man and said, take him off. He said, ma'am, I don't have a choice. And I looked at him and said, baby, we all have a choice. Take them off. I don't know if it was the crazy in my eyes or the feeling of love that came from my heart. He looked at my son and said, you ain't gonna do anything. He said, you heard what she said. I got a choice and I choose to do right. He said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take them off. 
and then they found out it wasn't supposed to be, we have to walk this way. It may cause me to die. It is well with my soul. I wrote a book called The Ties That Bind and it ties the past to the present and the present to the past. And there's a passage there that came from what I learned from my mother and it says, my children, my children of grace, you have to start this family on, over. You ain't free to do what you want to do, you're free to do what you're supposed to do. Take care of the children and the old folks just because they don't come from you don't mean they ain't yours. Learn your history, love, forgive, but never forget. Stand ground because a bigger change than I've seen is coming, but you're the beginning of that change. But be careful. Change never come without struggle and joy never come without pain. In your lifetime, you will see the struggle, but you have each other to get through it. Don't let the little things keep you from doing the big ones. Others will try to stop you, but they can't because this thing is already moving. Everybody who looks like like you is not on your side and everybody who don't ain't against you talk to God and never stop loving the more I write the more I see the more I see the more I know everything's gonna be okay I can feel it so I'll leave these pages here with you because it's my time now and I feel that too learn from the past that's yours take this gift and use it for love but be careful because the, uh, the thing that's the greatest enemy of all is not that the chains that are on your wrist but the chains that are on your mind. Learn to love, strive to love, and keep on loving, cause babies, we ain't got time for nothing else. I love you, I appreciate you, and I celebrate this anniversary with you. This excellence is all of our legacy. God bless you.